0: Hey, what's up, everyone? Just want to do a quick introduction for this episode. This episode was recorded while I was out of town, and um, so we didn't get any video. Rego was not with me, so there was no video, but we will still be uploading it on uh, YouTube and Facebook as a video, but just no footage from the actual podcast itself. Also, this is the last episode of Season 2. We'll be coming back with Season 3. Um, I don't know if you guys know or not, but uh, the Littlewood Co-op is moving. So as soon as everything's all settled in and the studio's ready to go, we'll, we'll be coming back with season three. Pretty excited about that. Our first guest will be Leah and Isaac from the Littlewood Co-op. So I'm excited about interviewing them. So, um, yeah, thank you guys for the journey of season two. Appreciate everybody. Appreciate all the reviews, all the comments and all the, um, the five stars and you telling your friends. Cause I look on there all the time and see, uh, the podcast is growing. So I wonder, you know, sometimes I wonder to myself who's listening, but, uh, um, you're listening. So thank you very much. I appreciate you. And I don't want to take up any more of your time. <laughs> welcome everybody to the are we where yet podcast i'm your host johnny and today we're broadcasting well recording live in a this is what a dining room
1: this is yeah this is a, the dining room
0: this is the dining room this is so cool it's the first time i've done this in a dining room yeah this yeah in a dining room this is cool i've done it in a hotel before yeah. And uh, yeah, I interviewed somebody in San Diego in a hotel, but this is, this is cool. I dig I appreciate
1: you letting us use yeah, your... Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad it worked out so we could.
0: Yeah. So the guy sitting across from me is Robbie Wagner. I say that correct? Yep.
1: That's and the right.
0: reason... This is why I ask, because I could not say that as a kid.
1: Why couldn't you say
0: that? That, that? that was just like... I was in speech therapy, so that's like the worst... Like, I had anxiety about saying your name. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So I would say... when I, Well, I was like... Maybe eight years old, they would call me Waja Wabbit because I could I couldn't say Roger Rabbit. That's the big movie.
1: It's a I'd, big tongue twister for yeah, you. Yeah, huh? it was
0: it was it was difficult. Wadja Wabbit. That's how I would say. It. <laughs> so I was like Robbie Wagner. That's how well, I was going to come out.
1: Yeah, I I still kept Robbie. You know, it's 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 legally Robert, but I, I still go by Robbie since Robbie. Yeah, since I've I've been in comedy, it always works that way. It works uh, in my favor. It doesn't sound too professional. No, so yeah, like no, it,
0: it, it, it's it's great. Anybody else ever have a hard time saying it? Ever my the first? Yeah, just little kids. Little kids, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was like bring me back to my childhood. Wabi um, wabi, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, the, yeah. Anyway, um, interviewing you, you are a comedian, right? You know, we we were talking a little bit, and uh, you started off in stand up, but now you are doing a little something different, and we'll definitely we'll get to that. Yeah. You know, this is a story, you know, about your journey. So um, we want to talk first that you were born and raised in the same city as me. Right. Yuma, Arizona.
1: Yuma, Arizona. Nobody knows where it's at. So yeah. Unless you're from there.
0: So we're, right now we're we're in Gilbert, right? This is Gilbert.
1: Yeah, this is Gilbert, Arizona.
0: How, how far uh, from Phoenix or Mesa are we right now?
1: Um, well, Mesa's big. You can drive uh, three minutes north from here and you'd be Mesa. Oh, Okay. Yeah, somewhere in Gilbert, Phoenix area. So yeah, between uh, between Tempe and Mesa, I'd say, mm-hmm. and Chandler. Did you move up here right out of high school? No, I went straight to Tucson with friends,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: they went to school, and I didn't. So, <laughs> purposefully? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I guess so. All right. I think I tried but it just it just didn't work out, you know. I was like kind of in survival mode so I didn't uh I didn't make it a few semesters. I, I went a couple but then, you know, I dropped out a few times after starting, realizing that it's this. So you too you're much. saying you went yeah. a couple times. Like start and times. stop and right. it wasn't for you. Yeah, I had a couple years and just, you know, not a whole lot of a whole lot of uh college but some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they went and I got to watch them graduate and no, uh, uh, you, you must be prou- <laughs> must have
0: been proud. <laughs> proud time.
1: Well, that's when I knew I had just a different path. You know,
0: a different path. And uh, like I said, you were born and raised in Yuma. You, you, did you always want to be a comedian?
1: No. Um, I. You know what? This is this is weird because in Yuma we didn't really have entertainment. At least I don't remember. I remember. I remember musicians. You know, they would play at some of the bars down there. But I didn't know that anybody could go and be a comedian. In my weird child thought, I thought that you had to be born into it. Th- th-
0: I would agree with that. That's the thought of Yuma because we didn't have the entertainment. We, that wasn't uh, something we were used to.
1: Yeah, I never never heard of an open mic. I never heard of amateur night or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I thought if you saw a comedian, automatically they were famous, or maybe famous people became comedians. I don't know what I, yeah. you know, why I thought that, but you know, we're from Yuma. We didn't have we didn't have that. Mm-hmm. but were you funny as a kid? Yeah,
0: you a try out bit, some maybe stuff for my friends. For your yeah. friends, what oh, about yeah. in front of the parents? You would try out. No, stuff or, no, 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 not in front of. the No, parents. man,
1: I was I was completely shy, and in fact, I would not do presentations in front of like class presentations.
0: So even, even if you had to for a grade, oh, I would take a zero.
1: You would take right. the zero yeah. purposefully, and they would always give me an A on it, anyways, because I was a straight A student. They just knew that I had that much fear of being in front of the They class. gave you a pass? Yeah. They always give me 100% on it. No so this thing
0: what. is a, is like a hurdle. This is something you had to face within yourself to yeah. get in front of people. Yeah. But you were funny in front of friends, people you were comfortable with. Oh, always in front of friends. That's like the whole goal of friendship, right? Just to make each other laugh. And, Man. and so you wanted to make people laugh a little bit harder maybe or a little bit more often or what
1: was it? No, nah, just uh, I think that was just kind of how I you know, my, my personality with my friends, you know, there wasn't, uh, I didn't have, uh, I don't, I didn't feel like I had anything else, you know, I didn't feel like I had some, uh, I wasn't like a, I was a, an athlete when I was a kid, but I did, you know, I stopped playing sports, so I didn't really have an identity. You didn't have that thing. Yeah.
0: That thing that, that, that gave you, uh, something else separate from the, the, the crowd that you were based in. Right. Okay. So, and so then you uh, slowly started to develop it,
1: or you know. Okay, so when did you the, become conscious of this thing? Well, I started. I would say it was two thousand three when I when I started the journey. And for that first year, I spent all my time just sitting in coffee shops writing, and I filled up notebooks and notebooks and notebooks. Could never get myself to go to an open mic. So and, this is and try before it.
0: you performed. Yeah, it started in
1: a notebook. I would actually write stand up comedy. And then I would I would even try to speak it into a like a recorder mm-hmm. on my own. Like I'd sit in my car and I would like practice. Okay, so and that's what, not the way to do it, but you know that's what I did. But no, that's what no, you did. Yeah, there's no rules. Nobody told you how to how to get into it.
0: So you'd be in a car and you would go through what you wrote in the notebook. Like, oh, everything.
1: Like, yeah, I'd I'd I'd, uh, I'd greet the audience and everything. Yeah. Oh, so the the whole thing from beginning to end. Yeah, I would try to, and in. then
0: yeah, when the stand innovation came and you took on the right, cheers right. and yeah, you got a
1: big check at the end. Yeah,
0: yeah, that, that that's, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, and it's not anything like that when you do it. It's nothing like that. So, you know, you quickly learn that that's not how comedy's done.
0: But that is, this is your start. So you're, you're writing inside of a car. You're putting stuff in a notebook, and uh, you're oh, looking yeah. down at it. You're like, this. You could see how this would be funny.
1: Oh, it was. It was funny. For it sure. was funny. And it's, you know, this is the beginning of it, you know, so as I matured in comedy, the material started becoming, uh, you know, when you first start out, a lot of people start out kind of dirty and that's where, that's, you know. Is that
0: easy? Like cheap jokes? Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. Go go dirty and you're automatically get a reaction. So I had a lot of dirty jokes and I also had a lot of like uh, thinker jokes, you know, like where you really had to think about it. You had to have a few brain cells to, to understand what I was, what I was saying. And that's, that's the start of it. You know, I don't use any of that material anymore, but it was a great foundation to help me practice writing. So uh, we graduated what ninety eight, right? 98.
0: 98. So this is a few years after graduation. Yeah, you're, you're in a car or Early in a coffee 20s. shop, and you're, you're, you're writing or you're practicing in this car. Yeah. Okay, and then you get the guts to go to an open mic. Did you hear about an open mic somewhere? Did Yeah. Somebody... I,
1: I looked it up, and I used to go. Um, so I was in Denver at the time. Okay. And I was taking care of my mom. My mom was, uh, she, was on her, she was on her last uh, leg of life. And I was up there just taking care of her and uh, being there for her. And I wasn't working. And so I would spend all day with her. I'd go there in the morning, spend all day until she went to bed. Then I would go sit inside of like a village inn or a Denny's. And I'd write till, you know, one, two o'clock in the morning and go home and do it all over again.
0: So this became your re- routine. Yeah, it's kind of therapy for me. I think dealing with your mom at the end of her life. Yeah, it, it, I think so. This was a way for you to escape into a different, different world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: It, it just you know it's uh, I don't know how to describe that. Think about it a little bit. Give us give it a shot. Try to describe mm. it. Yeah. Just uh, you know you have one extreme. I think um, you know just sadness and anger. And, you know, you just hate life. And then on the on the exact opposite, you have something that's exciting, something that you're scared of to even try. And that's what I did. And it was just it kind of balanced it out for me. It makes of, it, sense.
0: Did it give you some hope, something to, almost to look forward to that was exciting?
1: Uh, yeah, because I'd always imagine it. And even just the thought of doing it just gave me butterflies. You know, I mean, it was the scariest thing I've ever done.
0: Explain that a little bit because I, I was the same way. I would take the zero in class. I wouldn't go in front right. of people. I would do the same thing. So I, I can relate on that. I was just like, no, I'm not going to do it. Actually, the one time I did do it, I stood up for him in front of everybody. They're like, his face is turning red. Look at him. Look at him. Oh, my God. It was the now worst. Me. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, I'm done. I'm never doing it again. But yeah. But talking is what I'm good at. You know, I'm doing this podcast. This is kind of, I, I had to go through that and face that fear and come out the other side. And so that's kind of what you did, right?
1: Yeah. So, you know, my best friend at the time uh, when I was up there, you know, she was down here and she knew that I've been wanting to do comedy for a while. And I told her, you know, I'm thinking about doing it. And she just told me, and it's just like it's something so simple and it, and it worked for me. She said, you know what? You're funny. You live once. Just do it. It's not going to kill you. And, you know, I decided, you know what? Yeah, that am do it. Yeah,
0: like something inside that click do you, what, what part of it you only lived once or like you're not going to die uh you only live once you only live once yeah that that was the thing i don't know if you're going to die <laughs> get up there and do it yeah so um this, then you actively searched out a comedy club or an open mic
1: yeah i would go to comedy clubs i would go to open mics and i would and i would watch and i thought oh maybe i'll make some friends and maybe I'll i'll figure out how to get into this but you know, I the way it worked was I didn't know anybody and I, I made a call, I saw a number, uh I don't even remember where it was. But I saw a number saying that we need comedians. And I called and um or I emailed, I don't remember what it was. What was two thousand three? Is that email? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So they put me on the on the show. I had no idea what it was or anything. D- hold on, this is your start? Yeah. This is the first thing that you're wide open. You don't even know what you responded to. Right, right. I had no idea where it was. I had no idea, who, you know, what the show was. How were you feeling at that moment? Oh, I so I booked it two weeks out. And every single day, I was so nervous that I thought I was going to throw up all day long. That had for to be two weeks. every morning when you wake up. Oh, it was all day long until I went to bed. almost couldn't sleep. Two weeks. That's like two weeks of terror. Right. It's like two weeks waiting to, <laughs> for your results, right? Yeah. For that's... Could oh. be terrible.
0: And you put yourself through it. Yeah. And then you committed and you showed up to this thing. What was Showed it? up
1: and they thought that I had been doing it for a long time, is what. They, so they kind of treated you like you're like. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I was like, oh, like a comic from out of town you're an or old something. Pro. Yeah. And then I got up there and I, you know, I would, I would remember the setup and people would laugh and I'd see smiles, you know, because they, they like where the material is going. But then I, I was so freaked out that I couldn't remember the punchline. So I did a whole bunch of setups, and then I think I got one joke out at the very end. And since then, it was like a, a huge high. I was, for me, I was on cloud nine. So hold on. You got a high just on one punchline? One line? joke, some laughs, and that was it. And that that, that that sealed the deal. Yeah. That was like, this is what I want to do. And for the next year, I was just petrified every single time I got up on stage.
0: E- explain a little bit, like you said, that you had the um, the, the
1: setups, but you didn't have the punchline. No, yeah, just give a setup to a to a joke. Maybe I would... Oh, I don't remember the jokes that, you know, that I told.
0: But I guess more what I'm interested in, like, how do you come back from that? Like, how do you not just, like, run off a stage? Oh, <laughs> man,
1: I just did, stood there and took it. You, you know? just took it. I couldn't. I don't even think my legs worked, but my face was red. I felt like needles were popping out of my mm-hmm. face.
0: Your b- blood's coursing oh, through. yeah. Your chest Completely. is pumping. Yep. Oh, okay. And everybody's
1: staring at you. How yeah. many people? How's that? How many is everybody oh, at this point? Place. It was a small place, yeah. but still, that's it was thirty people. It could have so. been
0: thirty or three thousand. It doesn't matter. Yeah, they're, they're they're looking right at you.
1: See, I was so nervous. I it was at a bar, it was like in a side room in a bar, and I drank six beers before I got up there, and neither none of those beers it, had an effect on me. Like I was, it's just like I was drinking water. Just I was water. so nervous <laughs> that I couldn't, I couldn't even, you couldn't get a even buzz. get a good buzz from it. Yeah. And that's probably a good thing. Yeah. So
0: you're up there, you land one joke, (laughs) you land one one joke and you're like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a comedian.
1: Yeah. That was, that was it pretty much. I loved how it felt. And that's incredible, man. I was, but I was, like I said, I've been scared, uh, every single time I'd get on stage or even thought about getting on stage for the next year and then to, you know, get over that fear. What I did was I booked as many things as I could. So I called up any open mic that had anything, music, in poetry. No, this was, this was in Phoenix. Okay, so So I came back. Is... Yeah, I was writing in, in Denver. Ended up moving back here. And mm-hmm. then um, then I, I started here. Okay, so, so
0: you're in the Phoenix area. Good. So I'm pretty it sure It was in what... Phoenix,
1: yeah. And then, but I, I moved to Tucson. So I actually really got most of my start at, at Laugh's Comedy Club out in, in Tucson. And then I moved back to Phoenix. Uh, I moved around quite okay. a bit. But, but
0: just in places where that uh, an open mic isn't something that's yeah. out of the norm. There, there's definitely... So
1: Laugh's, uh, in, in Tucson, when I was living there, there's no open mic for comedians. We mm-hmm. had one open mic at Laugh's, and you got three minutes every Tuesday. And that wasn't enough. You know, you 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 see these documentaries where these guys are talking about, oh, it wasn't funny until I did 2,000 shows or 3,000 shows or... You know, I'm like, how am I going to get that so, many shows? So like when I can only go up once a week. Malcolm Gladwell minutes? thing, how many yeah.
0: hours you put into it.
1: Right. And so when I came to Phoenix, I did just that. I was going up two, three times a night, every single night, seven nights a week. And I went to school. And this is, this to not sound bad, but I went to school. I took, uh, I took out student loans <laughs> just so I could actually start my, you know, start that journey and be able to do that. So I would take out student loans and Pell grants to be
0: able to fund your uh, right, journey you had to drive
1: all the way, or, you know, and that works, Big, you know, wherever I could get get gas some work. isn't free, yeah,
0: yeah. So you took out these student loans, yeah, you, you know, okay, creativity, man, yeah, right. You, you got creative. Do you do what you got to do. <laughs> government
1: paid for, you know,
0: for. <laughs> you're a government funded comedian,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, but we would do it, and and sometimes it would get done at one o'clock in the morning, and you know, I mean, but as many times as we could. I think one time we went up. You're saying we, we, who's we? There's a couple of us. I made a couple of friends here. Oh, so you had some buddies. Yeah. And so, and whoever would go with me, that's who, you know, who I'd go with. And so I think, I think the record, I think we did like 23 or 24, like open mics in one week. And like, we we're, I was trying to hit so hold that on, number. Wait a
0: minute. You said 24 in,
1: in seven days? Yeah. As many as we could, you know, is, so we might be able to catch a six o'clock. And then there might be another open mic somewhere across town starting at 8 or 9. There might be a late-night one that starts at 10, 10 or 11. And so, I would just go to all of them.
0: So this is like you, the early 2000s, and you're getting out like a, a map. We got GPS. Had, yeah, you're trying to, to print out and everything. You got to but, print out like yeah, the old MapQuest like ones. Here's like,
1: the Tuesday open mics. Here's the, you know. And what happened was, and this is this is the beauty of it, is that no other comedians were doing that. And so showing up as a comedian, as long as we stayed clean and we weren't going to insult their audience, we could just get up and, and do it. Um, and they started trusting that. So they would start giving me longer sets. So I went from five minutes to having 10 minutes and ultimately 20, 25 minutes that I could do whatever I wanted.
0: So you built a name for yourself like this guy gets a certain amount of time because we can trust him?
1: Yeah, that and, and, and the, he's the good? only comedian on here. You know, everyone else is playing music. Let's switch it up a little bit. Okay, and it'd give me twenty minutes, and that's how how I built my first half hour. And then, it, but it that.
0: had to work with the crowd too, right? That's what they would give you longer time because the crowd was.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're, so. You're and kind I of would, looking I unsure. Make, no, I would. I'm trying to remember. You know, I that's that's how it was at open mic. I always try to make friends mm-hmm. at open mic, especially before you go up. You know, like you want people to listen to you because at open mic, people are used to talking to each other and not paying attention, and mm-hmm. and so. I remember one open mic, I I put everybody around a beer at a table. It was these girls. And I thought, if I can get the girls to come over and listen, all the guys are going to come over too. And it was like dollar beer night. So I ended up buying like a whole table of beers. It, if they came over just for my five or ten minutes, and then everybody in the room came over and I had an audience. And then they, as soon as I was done, they went back and played but pool or whatever they were but doing. But they
0: stayed for your show. and
1: Yeah, yeah. my my spot. my <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah, your, your, your minutes up there. And it, but it worked. Mm-hmm. It, it worked for... And we did that for a couple
1: of years, I'd say. And
0: Were you funny? Because you said you as hours, right? How many hours you put in. So at that
1: point... So I remember I had one buddy. I'm trying to think. He was always funny. Every time we went and did an open mic, he could get them no matter if they were listening or not. He would get them. And I wouldn't. I would just bomb continuously, night after night, every did, single night.
0: And you, at this point, you don't know why you're still developing why you're bombing.
1: Well, I would get like maybe a little laugh. I'm like, okay, well, you know, there's potential. And then it started slowly shifting. So he started weaning off the open mics, and then I started, I kept going, and then it just kind of flip flopped. Mm-hmm. So then we would go, you know, and whoever got to go up first, you know, it's, you know, if that person got laughs, maybe you weren't going to. We we're to- two totally different comedians. Mm. So he would do something. If he, they were laughing at him, I knew my stuff wasn't going to work and vice versa. Okay. Then you learn how to work a crowd and you learn how to, you know, because that make your stuff work.
0: But, that, but that'd be typical, right? Like if there's like a lineup of comedians, th- their styles are going to be different so that you got to figure out within the framework of yeah, being it, a comedian is how to get a crowd you. no matter what. Yeah. And then you end up figuring that out. That was one of the things you had to learn.
1: Yeah. And it took a, I felt like an eternity to... There's some strategy
0: strategy behind it.
1: Yeah, just, uh, and I don't even know what it is, honestly. Like what, why people like you or or don't like you. I mean, you you, you, you can't predict it. I mean, all you can do is the best that you can do with everything that you've learned. Mm -hmm. You know, and then you would get into a comedy club where there'd be four or 500 people. And that's just like a cake crowd. You know, everybody, everybody in there, you can get them. So if there's that
0: many people, that energy is already
1: there. They paid for comedy. They want to see comedy, so they're there for that. So it's kind of like an easy, an easy audience.
0: So the, the it, so then the open mics is the like the 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 the. the thing you have to develop on because that's yeah. not the easy crowd. That's the one oh, where you yeah, got to cut no. your teeth on some. Make me laugh. I'm here to see the the, the rock band play or the cover band or whatever.
1: And some of them weren't even set up right. So it would be just a, a crowd. It would be like a dance floor. Everybody's dancing and there's uh, TV monitors on and then it's your time. And I remember this guy one time, it was so crowded in there. He was standing this close to my face, you know, like five, six inches away from my face. That's how crowded it was. And I'm telling jokes. Like at this guy's face, and wow. that's, and of course none of your stuff works because you can't even hear yourself mm-hmm. when you're in there, but you do it. But you it do just, it because you got to get those hours in. That yeah, you got to you you have to bite the bullet and and take it. You know, yeah. That's, that's there's no way around it, really. You know, if there's people that want to start out in comedy, they just want the easy crowds, get the big laughs. But I think it's important that you get the you know 500 or a thousand shows in where you just completely tank and you question yourself and your existence and then so if i'm an upcoming comedian
0: and you gave me some advice you would you would say go tank at 500 go
1: go out there and hit every single anywhere you could go Mm -hmm. you know i did they had an open mic bible reading that i did one time and the pa system was you know probably six inches by six inches little box you had to hold and there was a little tiny cord and you had to hold the microphone up to it and everyone's up there and sharing these stories and everyone's crying. And then you're up there trying to tell these jokes, you know. No and way. Just, yeah. And then it doesn't work because the person before you did a red footprints and they told you why it's so important to them. And everyone's crying yeah, and then you're up you, there trying to tell a joke. And well, then you'd have to go around. You know, we do like three rounds, I think, is what mm-hmm. we
0: did. But you stuck with it. Yeah. You had stuck-to-itiveness. It got
1: to a point where you bombed so hard that... You almost can't wait to do it again, you know. Like you want the challenge.
0: It's a challenge. Yeah, it's something that it really builds your, your and you skin. feel growth.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Okay, so then how you do you get move? into
1: an easy show, and then you know, then you're you're king of the hill when you're there.
0: So it, it took a while. So, but then you started getting your easy shows. When do you start getting paid? Oh, well,
1: like make a living pay or no, uh, just, just getting get a, paid. A I check? don't. Yeah,
0: gas money. I don't know.
1: You know, I I started uh, I started working. Probably a little over a year after. I mean, just small spots, you know, like uh like laughs would start paying me, and then I would get I'd get a weekend out there. Oh,
0: where's laughs at? That's in Tucson, Tucson, yeah. And there is a comedy club in this area, right, Phoenix area.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of them here. Okay. actually. um,
0: but laughs is where you started to get a uh, that first yeah, paycheck they would pay, coming in.
1: So they would pay uh you do Tuesday through Saturday or Tuesday through Sunday. I can't remember now. And they would pay you as an opener. You'd get paid two hundred bucks for the whole week, and but that's a big deal when you're a comedian and you're doing open mic nights and somebody's actually paying you. They're saying you're funny enough to we trust you to take over and run the show, and we're going to pay you for it. So you're this opening deal.
0: opening. You're getting two hundred bucks for how many nights? This is uh, I think five or six nights. Five yeah. or six nights. Yeah. Two hundred bucks. Yeah. You're opening. They trust you. Who do you who are you opening for?
1: Oh, just you know, it's it's a B listed club, so yeah, there's a lot of uh a lot of guys have been doing it for a long time, you know, twenty five, thirty, thirty five years. You know, great comedians, but just never made it to like So nobody fame. I would
0: recognize or
1: uh was every now and then there would be some people. I'm trying to think uh who would be there. Uh Joan Rivers would, would still go there sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, but uh, I mean not guys that you've seen that, you
0: but know, just not the big names. But right. still, you're getting paid 200. What are they getting paid? The the people that the, the, the B listers, the headliners, but still B listers. Oh my god!
1: Yeah, um, I think they were getting. I think they got about a thousand. I think for the whole week. For the whole week, huh? yeah, and then the feature would get 400, and you know that's a the middle spot, the sweet spot. So it's when they're warmed up, and you know you just have to be funnier than the opener, and you're golden.
0: So then you moved up the ranks, you became the feature afterwards?
1: Yeah, eventually I, I, so the way I got into it is they had a feature not show up, and I was there. And so they got a, a local open mic guy to be the opener, and they bumped me up the feature, did a great job, and, you know, and that's how you kind of, you have to prove yourself mm-hmm. to them.
0: And you then just, did you eventually headlining?
1: At laughs, no, um, I never, never headlined, never headlines.
0: headlined, but the features. I had
1: a, I had a headlining night, a couple of them over at the Improv, and it's weird to, to, that you could do that there and not at a small club. So,
0: so what? what what's that? What do you mean? That's weird because the uh, the scale it doesn't right. kind of
1: make sense. Right, because you'd get guys, you'd get the big names in there. You know, you mm-hmm. get Seinfeld or Wayne Brady in there and stuff, and then you get a night at that place, but not at a small place. Mm-hmm. But I think the small place has a lot more to lose.
0: Than, yeah. They'd have more to lose because they're working with a different budget. Yeah. You know, they're coming
1: out to see comedy, the people going to the improv are out to see the, the guy, the, the, the main, know, the, the, the main event.
0: So they're already going to make their money. If, right. if, if you're, you know, you tank, it's whatever. Yeah. So they could take a little bit of a, more of a risk.
1: So I started doing, I, uh, I started doing corporate, just random ones here and there. Uh, you know, when I was young. So
0: in, then, in we'll move into the the, the corporate because that's where you're doing now. Yeah, it's a little bit different than the stand up. Yeah. Okay. Um. So in the stand up, so Wayne Brady is that somebody who you opened up for? No,
1: no, no, no. I didn't open for Wayne Brady. He had oh. his own his own people.
0: Okay. So have any big names that that you had mm. performed before? Open Harlan
1: Williams uh, worked oh, with okay. Harlan Williams. Yeah a lot a lot of different guys i mean i'm not sure you know they're famous, but you know, like josh blue he's a to me he's a he's a a famous comedian you know mm-hmm. he sells out every show, but not everybody knows who he is um, yeah not okay, not yeah. too many all right and um so
0: like I said, we'll definitely get into the corporate, but so we're, while we're on the stand up, anybody that you um or do you have a favorite stand up comedian?
1: Uh, no, I don't have a favorite. Don't I don't have a favorite? There's people that I like. You know, when I was younger, um, I really liked watching Evening at the Improv, and I got to watch uh, some of the ones that came on HBO, you know, like Eddie Murphy and, and stuff that probably we shouldn't have watched as little kids. So you're but, watching,
0: as a little kid, you're watching Delirious too? Delirious. or what? Delirious raw. and Raw. Yeah. Oh, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I liked watching the Evening at the Improv because there's a whole bunch of different comedians, and they're just doing eight-minute spots. Mm-hmm. And so I remember seeing Ellen on there. I remember seeing Jerry Seinfeld on there. I uh, remember seeing a guy that I actually worked a lot of shows with um, on there, and I was a fan of his back then, and I got to work with him later. You know when he came back to stand up, um, Rich Scheidner, very funny guy. And so, but I don't have any favorites. I don't think there's you know uh, comedians today. Uh, I'm trying to think. I really like uh, watching. Um, and I butcher her name, but Eliza. That's on uh, on Netflix. So no, th- I've never, never even heard of her until Netflix. Elisha uh, Schlesinger. Hmm. I'm She's not really familiar with her. Very funny. Sebastian Maniscalco.
0: Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, he's pretty, he's, he's pretty really funny. funny. Yeah.
1: But, you know, just working in the clubs and stuff, then you, you get to meet some of these people, you know, I remember Sebastian before he was famous and then he's huge. I was telling everybody about him. Like, this guy's so funny. Nobody would, cared until he, he had a Netflix special. And then all of a sudden, that is that huge. when?
0: Because the first time I think it was, uh, it was YouTube and uh, the
1: doorbell. Uh, oh, no, that was... Um, that's when I first heard about him. I don't know what show that was recorded at, but I remember when he did the Young American Store and he came through okay. the improv. Him and it was uh, Steve Byrne, Butch Bradley, and I can't remember the other guy. But they came through and they were all funny. And it was before they were famous. So, mm-hmm. they, I mean, it was, a, it was a gamble to try to promote a show like that because they didn't know if anybody would buy tickets. And then, all you know now they're all like pretty big, comedians. so can you pin down like one that you try to model after? No, oh, no, man. not at all, huh okay no. I mean, I think when you first start out, it's easy to do that, and I see that in a lot of a lot of guys a lot of a lot of new guys. I remember when Dane Cook was um like really famous, you know when he was doing his big shows madison Madison Square Garden, and they were big, yeah, and you'd see these open micers come out, and their materials they're material, but they would perform it like Dane Cook, you know, like there was it was like a like a little trend where certain comedians, you know, they would just because they would capture the audience. And
0: obviously you want to capture the audience. So they're trying to kind of right. feel that vibe. Or Brian
1: them. Regan. Brian Regan's another one that people, you know, they try to tell their jokes with their punchlines like Brian Regan. And and you can recognize it right away, you know, maybe mm-hmm. the audience can't all the time, but, you know, comedians can. So and I I didn't want to be like you that. So you avoided it. <laughs> yeah. So you're like absolutely. you try to be as original as you can in your own. Yeah, and it takes a while to find your your voice. Mm-hmm. I think you know first your first couple of years you got the scared voice, and then you have a little bit more. You know, like you're exploring, and then you know eventually it just be yourself.
0: Yeah, you know, um, when when I first became familiar, even though we went to the same school, we didn't know each other, but uh, it was through the um, reunion. That we were supposed to have and that oh, yeah, didn't yeah. happen. Our, you know. our, <laughs> we're the only class that didn't have one? Yeah, we didn't have a 20-year reunion because we were the class that can't get her. you know.
1: <laughs> can't get our stuff together. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. And um, so I went on. I was like, I want to see this guy. He says comedian. And I went and saw some of your stuff on YouTube or some of your real stuff. Oh, and, cool, uh, yeah. Funny. You are funny.
1: Oh, thanks, man. And they,
0: I, I'm like, oh, well, they, that's for real. It's like this guy's legitimately doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and
0: uh, I think I think the one I think, I don't know if it was a subway joke that stood out to me.
1: Oh yeah, that's uh, you know that that is actually one of the first jokes I I wrote, and so you know and, and everyone there you have to do the subway joke when you're when you're there. I'm like ah, oh, so I've people tell you to do like, the subway joke. Yeah, I, I've been doing it for fifteen years. See, and that's the one that stood years, yeah. out for me, and um,
0: so I guess it works, and so they yeah. were right.
1: Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so yeah. That was one of the uh, the cleaner new like uh, early on jokes that I had mm-hmm. so, and it just seemed to work with with uh, with everyone. It's pretty universal, right? Subways everywhere.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I guess it yeah. could reach across a lot of uh, audience, and different demographics, right. and yeah, still still work. Uh, one of my favorite comedians, I just got to say, Norm Macdonald.
1: Oh, Are you I fan? love Norm Macdonald? Yeah, you a fan. Yeah, big fan. Norm Macdonald. Oh, so,
0: okay, so that's what I was. I was like, come on, like to me, he's the absolute best. Like, to, I I love Norm Macdonald. Yeah. Earlier on, like Gary Shanley and I like Gary a lot, but, uh,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like you, I, I guess I, I like a lot of the old school comedians from way back in the day. Yeah. You
0: know? So those are like two of my favorites right there. And, but Norm, like that's still doing it. Cause he just had his Netflix special yep. and, uh, he's, he's my favorite. He doesn't you watch, care. Have you
1: watched his show? His, uh, interview? love his interviews. interviews. Like yeah. he's
0: so, like, <laughs> that's so funny. The, the, the first one he did, uh, with, with David Spade, David Spade, yeah, yeah. who's from here in Phoenix area. And, uh, He was like, am I being punked? Like, is this a real show? (laughs) Is this going to air? Yeah. You know, because it was so so off the wall. Yeah. So Norm MacDonald is is my, that's still doing it right now is my absolute favorite. But you were a fan?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Big fan of Norm
0: MacDonald. He'll tell a long joke and just, (laughs) you know, and just commit to it. And just fully go through and commit and, you know, the audience and like even on Conan or the David Letterman and just, and they're like, get to it already, you know, and you just see he's just in his own world having a good time and then it pays off. He
1: gets to laugh. I know. I I love, I love watching him because I think a long time ago I thought, is is he crazy? Like why, what's wrong with this guy? But he's, he's a genius. He's very funny.
0: Exactly. I would say a genius. Yeah. And the guy on his show is from up here in this area, right? Um, who, uh, Adam Egan is, is from, uh, one of the comedy clubs oh, here in probably. Phoenix. That's where they met. Okay. Here in, yeah. Maybe so in the Phoenix area. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he just goes, Hey, do you want to be my sidekick and take a lot of punishment? And he said, <laughs> sure, let's do it. So that, that was kind of so interesting. happy.
1: He's got a show on, on Netflix. That's, uh, that's wonderful.
0: <laughs> I hope it gets picked up for a second season. Cause after he, he had an interview with uh, Howard Stern and he went, he was, he was, he was trying to say like retarded, but you can't say that anymore. He was like, what do you think? I'm retarded. And then he says, like, you know, free thinking. What do you think? I got down syndrome. And so they came after me even oh. harder. Well, yeah. So one of those things. So it's you gotta like watch
1: what we say now. Huh? Yeah.
0: You got to watch what you say. So then it's like, Great. you know, all the people with down syndrome or the parents with kids with down syndrome are like cancel the show. And then so it's kind of up in the air on Netflix right now. Yeah. Which it's like he felt bad, too. I guess the people like uh, had to go and console him and go to his house like, hey, you're going to be OK. He just felt so dumb because he tried to do the right thing. He didn't yeah. want to say retarded. So like the next thing that came to his head was Down syndrome. And then well, anyway. why can't
1: we say? I mean, I know. Yeah, that's another yeah podcast. An old, but
0: yeah, but um, so. OK, so you're getting paid, but you you can't. Provide for a family, right? Oh, well, I
1: can't provide for myself, man. Not I, even yourself. I remember one time, and I got lucky with this. I think I had uh six weeks of straight, straight work, and but I had to drive. And we're talking like six, seven, eight hours to another city just to go open. And I thought, oh well, maybe it'll work out, but it just, it just doesn't work. You just, you you should work out financially, it, yeah, it doesn't work out. Yeah, if you have bills, you mm-hmm. know, if you don't have anything, then you know, it still doesn't work. But like,
0: I think Steve Harvey slept in his car. He said. That, oh man! Yeah, that's that's how he did. His wife left him, and uh, he just slept in his car to make himself. Yeah,
1: people don't get it. They don't. They don't understand. It's it's uh, you know as little little pay as in the beginning, and and you know, I mean, if you think about it, it doesn't really make sense. But you, if you love it that much, you should do it no matter no matter what.
0: And, and the Steve Harvey situation, he he said he loved it that much. He wasn't on TV until he was thirty eight. Did you know that?
1: No. Until he was
0: 38 years old. That's the first time he was on oh, TV. Wow. But he, he went through the thing and slept in his car. But you, you created your own lane, right? Yeah. Something yeah. a little bit different. We're, let's get into the corporate. So what do you do now? Like, um, Explain it if somebody has no idea.
1: Well, what I did, uh, I took my material that I was doing. And at the time that I stopped doing the comedy clubs, the material that I was kind of leaning toward um, you know, you talk about what's going on in your life, and I was going through divorce, and um, and a lot of that material, and I ended up losing a lot of weight after the divorce. All the weight that I gained, and so I'm, I'm sitting up there talking about the gym and and different things that doesn't really uh, doesn't really hit with people at in a comedy club. They're you know it's it's midnight and they're drunk and they're eating.
0: Nobody wants to think about a gym right, when they're right eating and, and I'm, drinking. I'm
1: sitting there talking about it, you know, and I'm making it work in some rooms and and. But yeah, I I want to stay true to myself and talk about what I'm doing, what it's what's going on in my life. And um and then I I think I told you this before, but the the owner of the improv, he kind of watched over my career a little bit and kind of helped me along the way and um he ended up uh, uh he ended up passing away. And as soon as that happened, I I went a different route. I just, you know, he always told me he goes, you can always, you know, the comedy club's always going to be there, but you can do other stuff, you know, like so this didn't is like a back. father
0: figure to you, yeah, in a way, yeah,
1: in a way, because yeah. Okay. yeah, he's he, very close. And so, when when I no longer had him, I had to figure out. Okay, well, the improv's closing. I was working at working there at the time. Oh, so he didn't just die; it was closing because. Oh he died. yeah, it's yeah it. You know, it got bought by uh, competitors, and and so, um, I had to find my own way, and then I, you know, I had a I had rent to pay, I had all these things, I had to figure it out, and so at. Um, early on, I was doing some corporate gigs. You know, people found out like, oh, he's clean. He'd be great for a Christmas party or he'd be great for this. So that, so that's a, that's an avenue for corporate is a Christmas party. The very first corporate uh, uh, gig that I did was for Walmart. And I, I had no idea that this even existed. It's like being a human. I didn't know that about stand-up comedians. I didn't know that this was a, a thing. A guy saw me at open mic night Came up to me and my friend and said, Hey, I got a Christmas party for Walmart. Do you guys want to do it? You guys are clean and it, I think this would be good for them. So we did it. He didn't pay us. And because I didn't even know that this was a, you know, mm-hmm. I was doing open mic nights. So anyway, he goes, Yeah, they didn't really pay me that much. You know, they only gave me a grand for this one. And I'm like, Well, we're, we're getting zero and you're getting a thousand and you didn't perform. We performed, you just had us on. So when he told me that he only made a thousand dollars, I thought, "Oh, you can actually make money." There's money there. This. The light bulb went on. I mean, he made it sound like, "Oh, they gave me a dollar." You know, like a, a thousand to a comedian. That's an open mic. I mean, that's just you're unheard getting two hundred right? uh, uh, a week for doing two hundred for a week if you're lucky. Yeah. And I mean, if you're if you you know you're <laughs> you're balling <laughs> if you make two hundred bucks for a week. You know, and so the very first corporate uh, gig on my own. I think they paid me $500 to come out and do some comedy. And I thought, wow, I can, you know, this is great. One night. Yeah, just one, you know, and I think that I think I was only doing 30 minutes or 45 minutes. So 500 bucks, 30, yeah. 40 minutes. And then I did uh, did a country club and, and I, I wanted to see if I can get a little bit more. You know, I didn't know how much to charge because it's new to me. And she goes, you know, well, we got a budget of twelve hundred. You know, would you take twelve hundred? And I've never been paid twelve hundred for anything. <laughs> would
0: you take twelve hundred? Yeah, and yeah. I'm like,
1: yeah, you know, that's. You're that's like, good. Oh, I guess, yeah, yeah, whatever. If I have to, chump change. So you know, I knew that that uh, that existed, and throughout the years, you know, at at Christmas time would be a good time for me because I would do a lot of Christmas parties, and I would make a you know Christmas money and bills for. Uh, january february march sometimes. okay so these are like little breadcrumbs that are leading somewhere yeah so i took the material that i was doing after after the owner passed away and i decided you know what i'm going to try to i'm going to see if i can develop a show that is that i can market as a presentation that you know because i knew a little bit about the corporate world i've seen a lot of speakers i thought how can i help people and you know uh justify what i'm doing so like okay so this will be like a humorous presentation or motivation and see if it'll work and i remember the first one that i that i sold it to um had a company buy it for 1500 and it was my very first i'd never done it before so this is your own like a, like your invention yeah, pretty much so I, I did my stand-up so i do stand-up in the in the beginning and then afterwards i do like a health game show where if they if the audience, whoever whoever is answering the question, if they get it wrong, then everybody stands up. We do squats together. Squat, so, you're
0: you're a horrible human being. Yeah, yeah. Squats. Oh man!
1: And it, but it's a lot of fun, and it keeps them going, keeps them interactive, and
0: gets the blood flowing and
1: in there. They're and then they're everybody's engaged. against me, so I got you know I'll go around and if you know if they get it right, then they get a prize, you know, and so and then what happens is everybody starts working together, and they're trying to help this person get the answer right, but that person gets to decide what the answer is. And if they get it wrong, then everyone stands up. And, you know, I got 25 questions that we do, and they're all health-related questions. Personal wellness and, you know, fun facts, things that people wonder, and then they don't know if it's true or not. So, yeah, so it worked the very first time. Then I started selling it for a little bit more and more, and then it became popular, and, you know, that's... So you put to, you put together
0: this this, this idea first. On right. paper again? Did you start going oh, back yeah. to the paper?
1: I, 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 I took my material, and I... I uh, wrote it out how how I wanted it to be formatted, you know, like a little outline. Did you have the squats in there? Like, oh, this is gonna get them. Yeah, but when I first started, it was only one person doing the squats. So, and I'm like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to put somebody on the spot. What if they suck at squats, mm-hmm. or they have a bum knee and they fall down or something? And and now I look like a, a jerk because I, I made this person fall down in front of all their. So then so, I so you make everybody, everybody fall so down. So if everybody falls down, me right right. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay if one person falls nobody will see you know yeah and it worked and, and you know i i edited it a little bit but yeah i i wrote it down on paper and, and tried it out and yeah can i it ask you out.
0: is it actual paper or did you do a laptop no i
1: i like to write it out on paper i think yeah. there's
0: something to that yeah. i think there's something to like you using your hand and like there's like this yeah. almost like a spirit it's comes through it's like, there. there's something... like
1: if i see my notebook over there i know there's something on it but it, you know, save a file in the system, and I'm not going to go yeah. look for it right
0: yeah I'm, I'm I'm a pen and paper guy now, and uh so that's cool, so you developed this thing yeah. you you sold it for so much, and then as you began to uh mold it more yeah, up the price
1: yeah, up the price, and then on top of that, I wrote another so i had I had more material that I could use that doesn't fit into that presentation, but it falls under a stress management you know type of so the first one is what. Health and wellness, like personal health. Okay. And then now you have a stress. Stress management's all hands-on. And then I do um, about 10, 15 minutes of stand-up up up front, and then we do activities. And so, and that's the whole thing with me is I try to keep people moving. I don't want them sitting. Sometimes you get into a place and they listen to four speakers for four hours, and then... If all you're doing is talking, it's like, okay, they're sitting for a fifth hour. You're like the I next. I sure that com- they get up and move.
0: You're the right. next, like, hurry up because we, we got something to right. do and checking their watch, but you don't want to be that. So you developed, get them up, and it worked. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, they go back and they say, hey, we like this guy.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, there's always there's always at least at least two or three other companies there in attendance, and they always come up and ask me if, if I'd be willing to go out to wherever. wherever so you get at, other Chicago bookings. Or, yeah. You get other that's bookings. The, that's from... about 90% of my business right there is they see it and then they want me to bring it to wherever they're at. So
0: as you perform, you get your next job or jobs. Yeah. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. it's it, That's, I think that's the best way, you know? That, I mean, that, I, I still pay for advertising, but I don't get nearly as much as, as what I would get when people see it. So the advertising is like a little bit of a formality, something you have to do to be out yeah, there. It's you like gotta... accidents, you know, like, you know, somebody happens upon me and then, They bring me out. Then it's like, okay, well, now two other departments in their place saw me. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that initial booking, you can just multiply it by three or four, and that's what that's how I make my money.
0: So it took some courage to develop this thing, I bet, because you didn't have nobody holding your hand or showing you that this was even a thing. Nobody showed me.
1: Yeah, I took. Oh man, nobody. There's nobody to teach you this stuff. And then if you, you know, as I got older, I thought, okay, maybe I'll listen and see what other people have to say. But honestly, nobody knows what they're talking about. When I when I listen to you know, there's a lot of like webinars and stuff, like trainings and stuff, and I like to listen in because I, I like to call BS on. There's not on just stuff. a
0: lot. There it's it's oversaturated. It is. It's yeah. it, it's it's it's
1: it's almost sickening. But go ahead. And I and I see it, and I'm just like, okay, that guy has no idea what he's talking about, and he's lying to you know. And you don't want to be that person that like, you know, you don't want to start a war yeah. online, but you just you know. It makes you feel good about uh, th- the decisions you made and the chances you took and, and, and that, Hey, you know what? I'm on the right track. I'm, I'm actually doing it. You know, this guy's claiming this, but yeah, he's he, too busy he, running he, webinars. He's not out there doing any of this. Yeah, like he's, he's rubbing,
0: you know, running these webinars, looking or regurgitating something he read from some right. self-help book Yeah, he's exactly. just kind of putting it
1: together and it's exactly what it is.
0: Yeah. So then you're, you're doing this and the audience is engaged. They're loving it. Mm-hmm and they're telling their bosses and there's other companies there and you this is how you make a living right now today
1: yeah that's how I, that's my my main bread and butter yeah
0: Nice place here, so you're oh, you're, you're
1: doing good. Well, I do, you know, I do a few, I do a few other things, but you know, 90, 95 percent of my money comes from comedy. So. You said also like
0: trainer, you're like a right, personal yeah. fitness. That is a part of yeah. your life. I
1: don't really make a whole lot of money doing that, but um, but you I do it for the community of, of. I made a lot of friends doing it. You say for
0: the people because you actually there's um, your friends that you that you train, oh, yeah, right? Like yeah. you actually have a like a personal investment. So it's it's in a these people. it's a
1: boot camp class, yeah, and you know. There's uh, anywhere between thirty and fifty per class that I that I teach, and you know became friends with them, and you know so I can buy cards for or whatever at, at in holidays, and yeah.
0: So you're not just a, a comedian that's out there saying this; you're actually living it. Your health and wellness. Yeah. You manage your stress. Yep. And you- I?
1: And I wrote a book, and I included my class in it. So I'm going to give you a copy of the book, so you can have. But I I told them I'm writing a book, and and they know what I do for a living. And I said, if anybody wants to share their why story, why they're here, I I wrote all these little short, little fun stories about myself uh, growing up overweight and some of the hard times that I've had with it. And I said, if anybody wants to share their why story, meet here at this place on this day. And 40 people came. And so 40 people, 40 people came and they they wrote a short story and they shared and they're all in a book.
0: And that's your book. Yeah.
1: And then after the book came out, then about 50 more people came forward and. Said, well, the book's already, <laughs> the book's already published, but you know,
0: but you got you got other, a blog or something. You got other things brewing though. That's not your only book. Come on,
1: that's that's the only book I have right now. But no, there's always you have other books in you. I'm saying, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's something else because and one day I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that. You know,
0: because when when we talked when we did the um, pre interview stories was a big thing for you. You were telling me a bunch of stories about these people that have made it, and uh, they it kind of like really resonated with you.
1: Yeah. I love, okay. So I think I was telling you that I love anybody who uh, kind of nerds out on something that they love and they just, they go off all, all in. So go all I in focus
0: it. on it. Like this is the thing. Yeah. Know? No
1: matter what it is, you know, I mean, if your thing is being a clown and that's what you want to do and you're really good at it and that's all, you know, you're not going to stop anything mm-hmm. to be a clown and so I don't want to be a clown, but I think it's cool that you want to be a clown or you want to be. So you can, this. you can relate
0: to that. Like it, does, it doesn't even matter yeah. what it is, but the fact that you recognize like, no, that's something. something
1: that's, that that's true to your heart and you, that you love. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm all for it. I'll back you on it and whatever.
0: I still haven't figured out what mine is, but
1: <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm getting there. But sometimes you just have to, you, you have to just keep moving forward and you find it. You know what I mean? It, like, um, like you you can never know where it's what it's going to look like exactly you have an, a good idea you have something to aim for but it might look different when you get there and that's mm-hmm. all right you know you might discover along the way or with age or you know part of your, your uh your mind changes a little bit on what what you want you know but as long as you're going after it i just i hate seeing people just waste their 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 talents their, yeah, the, yeah
0: exactly the the hidden potential that they yeah. don't even know is there because they haven't even tapped into like the beginning of it yeah the first they even pulled on the the first piece of the thread to find out where this thing leads yeah um when you know kind of saying that i uh i wrote a joke and put it on facebook the other day i wrote a joke and it just kind of came to me and it was like man i i was nervous about putting it out really you know, yeah oh, I just I saw it's like, but I was like, you know, I got to do this. I just got to put this joke out there and just see, you know, and then you
1: you wrote it out or did you videotape yourself telling a joke? No, I just wrote it. Right. Which makes
0: it even harder for people to get because it's like, they're going to have to read this thing and like read into my, uh, how I put it. Some people get it and some won't. Yeah, exactly. And some people are going to probably think I'm suicidal. Right. (laughs) Because it it was about emo. It had to do with the emo bands back in the day. And uh, anyway, um, I wrote this joke and it, and I was kind of w- waiting and looking for a like or a haha, you know. And I'm like, oh no, like, <laughs> no, people are gonna t- think I'm really sad and lonely, you know. And uh, it took a while, but it's like I felt this thing just wait. It, the audience will come, like yeah. just just chill. And then sure enough, like people started like putting haha and laughing and like. Right. Then it grew into other people coming in because it was about. Uh, it, it had to do with uh Oh, I came up. or I. Earlier in the day, I came up with a name for my next pretend emo band, mm-hmm. and it's all about. Well, I forgot the name. Now life is over, pretty much. <laughs> or like I'm sad. I'm I'm upset because <laughs> I can't think of this name. Well, there goes that dream. And right. I put like you can feel like the feelings, emojis on there. Like I'm feeling alone. So I wrote that, and then so I wanted to see how people. And then other people came in, and they were like, "Well, I want to be a part of this band." <laughs> and so other, we, I got to play with these other people. That like, okay, you're the drummer, and you're the thing, and like they created its own little community of these people that were in on it. That kind of got it. Yeah. And so it kind of made me feel better. But so uh, did
1: you? Let me ask you this: when you when you posted it, and and when you started getting responses to it, was it from people that that knew you pretty well, and at first, and then and then it started like because I, I feel like people when they when they know you in some way, and they're connected to you. Then they understand your humor a their little humor, bit humor. Yeah, so, so I think comedians should always tell them about their real life, like you know, that's like good. You should something about you, you know, like when you're done with your set, what did I learn about you, you know? And you know, I I have nothing against dirty humor, but I tell people that audience doesn't know you, you know. Like imagine if you had somebody moving across the street, you know, he doesn't know anybody in the neighborhood, but if he came over to your house, knocked on your door. And it's F this, F that, and I screw midgets and blah, 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 yeah. whatever. You'll never like that guy That's again. That's not
0: going to be something that, that that vibes with you. Right.
1: But a year down the road, you know this guy, he's cool across the street. You know, you guys had beers together and, and you you know, you hang out sometimes, whatever. Then he can say that kind of stuff. And you're like, ah, it's just, you know, it's just Jeff. It's, it's funny, you know. And so I feel like uh, comedians, they... You know, they're funnier when they when somebody knows something about them. And usually has to be like a vulnerable type of, you know, like, okay, well he just dropped his, you know, his guard down and now you know, we understand that. And then they can they understand the humor. It's not really about, you know, this formula of words and what's funny. It's about connecting so i guess that that would make sense
0: yeah because it, yeah. It, the people that knew that i went through like the emo phase and like so they were able to connect and they laughed about it so yeah that was there except yeah. for one guy that i barely know and he came back i was like i know the name of the band it's johnny and the three guys he has a crush on you know oh. yeah, so i was like oh that's pretty funny so i, I <laughs> responded back to him like oh that's exactly the name it sounds like you were inside of me earlier like inside <laughs> of my head but i put inside of me and he loved it but anyway um, yeah. yeah, so I get that though. Yeah. Cause you do have to be a little vulnerable, right?
1: Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's those to me, those are the best comedians that like open up and tell you something about themselves. That Why, why is that? Yeah, because I think everybody goes through crap in their life and they, they experience these things, but they put on this, you know, this face that they don't. And so when somebody else that they like is going through something, they really connect with it. Like they, you know what I mean? Like they, they understand it and it may not, uh, be directly part of their life but it connects them to some other area of their life you so
0: if you're saying it's not even how they uh, formulate or I put, put these words pain together in common
1: right like pain i think is is uh, not hugely really, in common yeah it's not it's not so much that oh this person had cancer or this person lost their their significant other or this person you know uh, broke their leg or whatever it's it's the fact that that person is experiencing something real, and they can they connect with them because, like, you know what, I got some issues myself going on. Like, you're you're making me feel better, and I think that's the connection.
0: And so, and to get to that connection, you have to lay down a little bit of your guard and become that vulnerable person, right. and that's not easy.
1: Yeah, it's not easy at first, but then you get to the point where where it is, and you gotta be careful how you do it. If you can't, you can't just unload on people, mm-hmm. you know, because then you depress them. But you know, making, making a little, you know, fun of. So you open it up with a little bit of
0: humor and make it palatable.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And
0: that's what you figured out is how to make your vulnerability a little palatable for people.
1: You got to make sure that they like you before they're going to, they're going to invest their time in listening to you and caring about you, you know, and how you open and how you uh, start out that that's, you know, it, it's, it's dangerous. It can be just like I said, You you know, if your neighbor came over and, said, screw this, screw that. And, you know, and you're like, well, you know, I don't like that guy. But if it's somebody you know that came over, you know, yeah. if uh, who who's who's someone famous that you like, you know, if they came over and you're like, oh, my God, it's, you know, this famous actor. And he starts saying whatever, you'd give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, OK, well, it's so and so. Yeah. Yeah. That's I know a, who he is, you know. hmm. But if you don't, then you don't like that guy. Yeah. Know. No, you know.
0: Exactly. So so you're doing the corporate stuff right now. hmm.
1: Um, it's paying the bills, but is that, where you're, is that where this ends? No, no, no. So I, I was telling you that, you know, with, with the are, are We Where Yet podcast, you know, like I don't believe that there's a, a, a final destination. Destination, that's death, right? So like to me, I always want, I, I'm never satisfied. I always want more and always want to experience more and do more. So last year I decided I travel all the time. And I thought, you know what, I travel so much, but I don't ever take a vacation. I haven't had a vacation in what twenty years or something, right? Jeez. So, ever, you know, I had kind of run up a rough like coming coming to age, you know, like this all these things in high school that happened, and I thought, you know, I need to enjoy life a little bit. So I started using some of my my money and traveling. So I went to Hawaii for the first time. Went to Bali, um, and I almost went to the Philippines. My friends that I'm supposed to go with. They had some, some things come up that we ended up not buying tickets, but I'm going to start doing, start living. That That's the,
0: that's the next chapter.
1: Well, yeah, that's uh, definitely, um, I don't, yeah, it's going to be a long chapter cause I want to travel, you know, forever now that you, you it just, uh, opened my eyes up to the world and, and just being in, and, and seeing other, uh, cultures. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it really, what interests you about the other cultures, just seeing uh, something different. You know, you come back here and you just realize that we're a bunch of spoiled brats. You know, you go, you go over overseas and you come back. Uh, when I was in Bali, like there was, I made a few friends out there and I realized they don't make anything out there. You know, they work twice as many hours as we do doing work that they really don't want to be doing, but they have to do it. And, you know, they're doing it for like $150 a month. And then here we are complaining. Wow. That we don't have enough for this or, you know, this, this whole entitlement that, that I see all the time. As soon as I hit uh, LAX, when I got back, I, I saw it right away. I'm like, oh, I almost hate us. I hate us. Mm-hmm. Like, look, look at us. But, but on, on the we're flip we're side. Like 10, 10 Bali people. You know what I mean? Like, there's. Ugh.
0: Did it give you some, a sense of gratitude, though?
1: It did. And it made me feel like I can't complain about anything.
0: So just enough with yeah. it. So you catch yourself before you complain now? Yeah. Um, or do your best to I mean, do it?
1: I, I still complain a little bit. Most of my complaints are just people around me, yeah, like when I'm driving and like why someone cuts me off and they're on their phone or something. You know, I get okay. I get upset about stuff like that.
0: We're going to give a shout out to Dan, the guy that drove me up here because he's over here and that's exactly what he does. So shout out to my brother-in-law, Dan. You,
1: that you get mad at... Uh, okay. You're good. shaking his head. Yeah, yeah you should. I, I think that's normal. Yeah. But I, I got a this guy, man. He's kept driving the same uh, same speed as me, and it's all, And I'm trying to like, okay, either don't drive right next to me, All mm-hmm. right, You go ahead of me or stay behind. So I would speed up, and he would speed up, and I would <laughs> slow down, and he would slow down on purpose, it, huh? it, on purpose. And it's this guy, and we came to a. Um, he wouldn't let me like, just refuse to not be right next to me. We get to a red light, and I look over at him, and he's flipping me off. So. I start flipping him off, like right, like we're what are you gonna do this guy, right? I'm kind of sizing him up, where, mm-hmm. see, seeing what he looks like. I'm okay. I take this guy. So we're sitting there for like three minutes, flipping each other <laughs> off, and you can't <laughs> like make it any, you can't yeah. make it any stronger yeah, of is, a point, you know? I like started going up, yeah, with like, it, You know, what do you, like, what
0: do you do? Start shaking it. Yeah. I'm uh-huh. so
1: mad. I wanted to get out and just jump through his window and just strangle him, but you know, did it deescalate? Yeah, I just, it's just one of those things. Like, why do we have people like that, you know? I didn't didn't flip him off first. Like, I I pull up and I look over and he's flipping me off, staring me down. So I have to do the same thing, right? (laughs) You can't (laughs) just look, ignore it. Do
0: you you think enough uh, uh, trips to Bali and Indonesia or wherever else you want to go is going
1: to maybe temper that a little bit? um, You know, here's the thing that I got from from, uh, being over there is that I want to go to different places now. And I, there's, I'm, a, I'm a big dog person. So um, there's a dog rescue out there, and I want to be a part of that. And I, I'm trying to figure out how can I be involved with that organization? How can I, you know, should I just make more money, send money over there? Like, I really want to just be a hands-on. I want to bring people over there with me and work with this organization. And, um, you know, I think once I'm in place to, to be able to do this, um, I'd like to get them They They need a new vehicle. So their vehicle's breaking down. They have one van for rescue. I thought, oh, well, that's what I want to do first. I want to buy them, you know, a used van or whatever they need or get that one repaired or something. Um, but I want, to, I want to start doing passion trips. If that Passion is, trips. Is that, okay. is that what you call it? Like you? I don't know. But, hey, if you made it up, it sounds good to me. Yeah, just like, you know what? Just uh, you, you bring your own money. You go and you help out organizations. You get to be a part of it. And not so much like, hey, here's a bunch of money, pat on the back. Like, I want to be... Like, Put some blood, sweat, and tears right, into this thing. I want to be right in the middle of all of it. And... Why? Why? Because yeah. I love dogs for okay. one. And they need it over there. So who's they? The dogs or the well, people? when I was in Bali, there was dogs everywhere. There are cats everywhere. There are rats everywhere. But dogs are just like people. There are so many of them everywhere. They're just wandering around. They're all homeless. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and a lot of bad things that happen. And in some places in, in certain areas in Bali, they eat dogs mm-hmm. and the people that are there trying to rescue them and find homes and clean them up and get, uh, care for them. I like, I want to be a part of that. Like okay. it's, uh, whether it's in Bali or where, wherever it's at, wherever you, know, you travel to. Yeah. But I, I know that they don't have, you know, there's some local ones here, but they make a lot of money. They get a lot of donors. They get, you know. Uh, quite a bit of help and I, uh, I wouldn't mind helping out, you know, and being a part of that, but I'd like to go where it's really needed. I think that would, that would mean a lot more to me, like places where they're not getting help. I would like to be. A so big you want to,
0: you want to give, but like, yeah, that's, that's kind of this next chapter of your life is, 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 is also traveling because you're kind of giving back to yourself. You're giving to yourself in one sense because you haven't gone on these vacations. Yeah. So you're, you're, you put a lot of time and dedication into your craft and your art form the past 20 years and then now it's time to give back to yourself, but yeah, you're not just giving back to yourself at this trip. You also having a, a deeper meaning to these trips, right? Right. That you're also giving back to this universe, to society, to whatever animals in need, people in need. There's right. something a little bit more. And where do you want to go next? Oh
1: man, I don't know. You don't know? Okay, <laughs> I'm that's not cool. Sure yeah, yeah, yeah. There's. I I would like to travel all over. I mean you know, when I'm, when I'm on vacation, I don't mind doing touristy stuff. I don't mind doing that for like a day, but I don't want to be, that's not what I want to do. You know, like when I went to Hawaii, everyone was saying, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that. And I'm like, this sounds like a touristy type thing. It sounds like an overpriced boat ride, or I don't want to do that. That's Mm -hmm. not fun to me. I want to, I want to go and and walk around the city and just see what, what I see. I want to eat at local restaurants and I want to take in what they're doing here. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to go get surf lessons for, you know, 200 bucks for an hour. And that doesn't, that's stupid to me, but like it's, it might be something You want to experience
0: the, the, the real culture of it. The, that's
1: what I'd like to do. Yeah. yeah. And so that's where I get, that's where I get my fun. Um, like I said, I don't mind, you know, eating at a local place that's popular amongst the tourists or something like that. A lot of times that's the only place to, to go like in the evenings or something, but you know, it's not why I go on vacation. I so, guess I want to do other stuff.
0: So you are calling these vacations, but any
1: chance you get to perform in any of these places while you're there? Yeah, You can do whatever you want. And that, that's another thing too is, you know, I got a couple of shows that I'm writing and um, I don't really have a, an avenue right now to like try, try these shows out. So um, one of the things that I might do, I might take the shows and put them in a fringe festival or somewhere where I can, you know, just to, to work it out and see if it if it's uh, something that maybe I can sell as a theater show or something. And, you know, but in the corporate world, you can't do that. You can't, I can't have a company paying me X amount of dollars and I go out and try out stuff on them mm-hmm. and it doesn't make sense to what their meeting's about or what their event is. So that might be, uh, you know, and I want to self-fund it, you know, I don't want to, I'm not looking for anyone to fund it or anything like that because I want total control over it and... Uh yeah so that might be you know there's a couple shows in the works for that so, so. you're
0: back to the notebook and figuring out these next yeah. shows for this next chapter maybe
1: right and more meaningful type stuff so like i got like a dog show that i want to write so um and that you know maybe somehow i tie that into some of these passion trips you know maybe it's you know maybe somebody would fund something uh if it, if, if they believed in in that kind I, of, I could see that happening yeah it would be it would be awesome that would be so if it's somebody just, gets
0: wind of this, like what, you, what you're what you doing on these trips, yeah, you, yeah. there's a, probably a way to be able to like have somebody that th- doesn't have the time mm. to be able to go do this, but still wants that stuff done. And they were like, hey, I, I recognize yeah. that this guy is real about it. So I'm going to fund him to go do this.
1: Yeah, uh, I would love to do that. And then because um, there's a lot of people, I think, that feel the same way as I do, you know, I'm not like this big extremist when it comes to I don't eat meat, but I don't care if you eat meat, you know, like I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to shame you for it or anything like that. I just choose not to. You know, I don't judge other people. The only time I ever judge people is if they like harm other people or animals or anything like that. Like if they harm is bad, yeah. Yeah, then I then I'll judge you, but you know, and I found I'm the complete opposite too. You can be a total asshole and like love dogs, but then I'm like, ah, you know, he's not that bad. <laughs> like that's how I am. Somebody cuts me off but they got a dog sticker on the back. I'm like, ah, yeah. let him. He's a good know? guy. Yeah. He's not flipping me off. He's flipping <laughs> Dan off over there,
0: yeah oh, so that no, that's cool. I could definitely see somebody wanting to partner with you on those things those are those are great great things, and I wish you the best on those uh, we had a, a photographer on uh, Jesse Watson, who's from Yuma, okay, and um he wanted to travel, and so he came up with taking pictures, and so now he gets paid to travel around the world taking pictures oh cool. what so, kind of
1: pictures is he well, taking
0: he just um, he just got a job for, i think at the BBC of oh really space. Oh, wow. Yeah. Space pictures. Space, yeah. Like, you know, the stars. So he's uh, taken from different parts of the world, right? Yeah, so. yeah. And then, like, I think he just went to Africa or something, animals, oh. and um, I don't know if that was National Geographic or BBC. I think BBC. He just did NASA when the, the one of the clips that happened. He, wow, um, and his uh, pictures are going to be on, they're on IMAX. Some of the stuff that he did, some of the video work and stuff that he did for for NASA is on uh, IMAX. Watson. Jesse Watson. Yeah. yeah, and he, he developed this whole... uh and you could listen to the episode if you want, but he developed this old travel schedule and he did it, learned how to travel hack.
1: Travel hack.
0: Travel hack. So he like, finds the cheapest plane tickets, the cheapest oh, yeah, yeah. hotels. yeah, I'm learning a little bit about. It's incredible what this kid knows. I'll, I'll, I'll link you guys up. If oh, that would be cool. Oh, so yeah. my,
1: I was looking at, at, at uh, vacation deals in, um, to Bali and I, knew, I know what I paid. And I am looking at these packages. I'm like, there's no way. You know, like that's like 10 times more than what I paid, you know? So there's ways to do it and I'm finding from people that travel all the time like certain ways that you can you know you fly into the cheapest place and then from there it's like five dollars for for airfare to get yeah. to the next place like why would you pay you know from here you're paying six seven eight hundred dollars right for the cheapest ticket Meanwhile you can pay three hundred and then while you're there you can fly anywhere you want for five or ten bucks like it just yeah.
0: You know, he, 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 uh, one of the examples, he, he would talk to one of his buddies, like, what'd you do this weekend? He's like, oh yeah, I went to Jimmy D's. I did this and that. He's like, so how much did you spend? I spent about, you know, this much. It's like, why well, what would you do? It's like, I went to Indonesia over the weekend, <laughs> over the weekend. He's like, how much did you spend? I spent like a couple hundred, like a hundred bucks or something. And he stayed at a hotel and like, yeah. And he, I'm like, you're lying. He's like dead serious. Like, I'll just get up and leave. And I, I he has this whole network of how to do it. so oh man anyway well, so we it's gotta possible. get that playbook from him we'll get the playbook and um so it sounds like you, you got a, 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 some great things to look forward to yeah i, I hope always, maybe always somebody gonna. listens to this podcast and tries to get a hold of you and figures out how to fund these passion trips <laughs>
1: right serious it, it'll it you know and here's the thing about me too is that i've always done everything on my own you know and i haven't had like a whole lot of help in areas and I didn't have the resources. For and you, that. But you're not complaining about it either. No, no, no. It, it made me who I am today, but you're here's not the a thing victim. is like, like now I feel like I, I almost can't accept help from people. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I, I have to do it on my own. I have to, I have to figure it out because it's the way I've always been. And as I get older, it means more to me now, you know? Um, but I'm not saying that I wouldn't. If somebody wanted to be a part of that project with me, yeah, absolutely. That'd be awesome. But that
0: could be the next hurdle you got to get over. Either way is, it's
1: going to happen. So it's, you know, I'm just um but I'm in, at that part in my life now where it's like I I'm, I'm proud of the things that I've accomplished but you know, nothing's going to nothing's going to stop what I want to do mm-hmm. next. So and that's that's the thing is I always want to do more always. You know, you don't just stop at one place. It's not one destination, right?
0: Yeah, that and that's why I started this Are We Where? That's why I called it Where because like where yeah. are you trying to go because I don't think there's a
1: there. Right, right. And where it changes when you're along the path, you know, you, you realize things, but just, you have to get on that journey first. Otherwise. You have to
0: start. you got to start putting on that thread to see where mm-hmm. the rest of this leads to. Yeah. And, um, and maybe, like what, what I was going to say is uh, the next thing is to learn how to receive.
1: <laughs> Serious,
0: <laughs> because that could be the next thing, because you did yeah. try so hard. You did put your blood, sweat, and tears in it, yeah. but receiving is also something you have to learn. Yeah, that could be a discipline for somebody because you did struggle your whole life to do it yourself. Nobody taught you this corporate thing, but yeah. I'm somebody- a, I'm
1: very hard, in, and here's, that's one of my characteristics. I don't know why, you know, I can't pinpoint when this started happening in my life, but it's hard for me to receive, like you said, gifts. Like if somebody gives me something, it's really hard for me to accept it. But on the other side, I love to give. Gifts to people. I love if I only have one thing and you like that thing, I'll give it to you. You know, like that's the way I've always been, and I don't know why I'm that way. You know, why it's so hard for someone to give me? Some, I mean, if it's something really small or something, that's fine. But if somebody gives me an actual gift, I'm like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to react. I don't know the face you make or yeah,
0: learn learn it because I learned from doing a lot of reading and studying that that's actual like a block inside of you yeah and that um one of the laws of the universe i really believe these things is learning how to receive yeah. because it's a flow it goes in and out and you have to learn how to flow with the universe give and take and then that's how the it cycle totally is supposed makes to sense
1: be. yeah it's supposed to yeah that makes sense to me and i just but i still struggle with it i i can accept it but it's like it's it's not easy for you me, can accept you know? it
0: on the surface, but yeah. to, to be able to accept it down into the core of who you are, it's yeah. not it's not hasn't made its way there yet, probably.
1: And that's I guess that's part of the you know the comedy path that I've taken. You know, I never you know, in the beginning when you're when you're young, you don't know any better, but you know, you want to go audition. You, you think you think that somebody's gonna think you're so funny, they're like, you know what, we're gonna make you famous. Like you're you're that good, we're gonna put you in movies. And that's like a young comedian's mentality. Like, that's the destination. I want to be famous and I wanna be like you know, famous a as a destination, you know. Right, and so and so they go and they they'll stand in line for six days to audition for something, and they you know they they get uh, ten seconds in front of a, you know some people that have already made up their mind they don't want you, and they do that, and and it's and it's sad. So I don't, I've always like kind of created my own way. Like I I want to stay clear of that kind of stuff, you know. And I think I that's want, admirable. Yeah, I just I I don't want any part of it. Like I just think it's. uh uh, just exploiting uh, young comedians and and just preying on their you know on their um hopes and dreams mm-hmm. and just making them feel like you know just stringing them along and you know I don't want anybody to be con- in control of any part of my my career my future anything
0: but I think there's going to be people in your life that come to you that aren't trying to control you but just trying to um give to you so yeah. part of that cycle of of and I hope this is podcast I really hope people listen and like I want to be able to, the, maybe even the next guy I interview say, "I want to be able to give to that."
1: Yeah, yeah, that'd what be you, cool. So yeah, when when you know, I'll, I'll keep you posted on the on the show. And you know, it's it's like about half written. You know, mm-hmm. so it's a it's a comedy, and it's about why I love dogs more than I love like most people, I mm-hmm. guess. You know, like mm-hmm. I love animals and and but you know the some of the personalities that we see when we're out in public and why dogs are better. And so I want to do that, but I want to tie that message into it. You know, like just. Not so much like, uh, like I said, I'm not extreme with people. You don't have to be an absolute dog lover or whatever, but you know, don't don't hit a dog or don't don't drop a dog off at at the shelter or wait till it's at the end of its life. And you know, they have feelings. Like mm-hmm. that's that's how I, I view. Uh, any, animal. I believe a hundred percent. So I want to just kind of tie that in without being too, too, too forward. I guess you know, like without being too. Uh, you know, just in their face. Give people their space to
0: be able to... uh, Make that decision. Yeah, but you want to make them aware. Yeah, I think that's a lofty goal. That yeah. that that's a good thing, and we got to wrap up here. We're in Phoenix to go oh, see yeah, yeah. Rob, right. Rob Bell tonight, so I'm kind of excited. So it's a guy that I've been.
1: Well, I'm glad we got to finally finally do this. No, this know? is so great. It's been been a few months, so.
0: And I want on the next because yeah, I was hoping you'd come down for Christmas to yeah. visit, visit your own stomping yeah. grounds in Yuma, but. Uh.
1: I, I had every intention to. I got so busy, but I just you know, life is busy right now, so.
0: Well, I hope yeah, but I, will. I, I want to get you back on and I hope to hear next time that you're able to receive and you're not only just <laughs> receiving <laughs> that ahead. people are fully funding this keep whole a
1: journal of all the things that I'm getting. Yeah. You know, we'll, and they we'll talk about those
0: and they're just continuing to give to your mm-hmm. your passion uh, and, and, and these trips that you're going to take to make the world a better place. Because I think the, what I, I believe when you partner with the universe in that the universe likes it. Yeah, I, that's, I don't know how to explain it any better, that it likes oh, man. it. something
1: brought me to that place, you know? And
0: then it kind of like, okay, let's go. Like, somebody's tapped in. Somebody knows the flow. Like, uh, yay, yeah. you know? Like, I don't know if you hear, like, angels clapping or whatever. Like, okay, yeah. let's go with that guy. Yeah. So I definitely...
1: Um, well, the certain energy attracts energy, you know? Like, it's going to... It'll be. One way or another, it'll be. So... It'll be. You know, if they want to be a part of that, then absolutely, I'll let them be a part of all that, you know? That That is great. I can't do it all by myself anyways, right? So...
0: So, I, just one more question. Yeah, a comedian or somebody looking to do stand up. What? Just give <laughs> some quick advice to somebody that's listening to this that that thought about it as a kid.
1: Um, you got to do it. You gotta. You gotta learn by doing, and and don't take uh, to heart what anybody tells you because it's a, it's a journey. You know, and 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 everybody has their, you know, what their thoughts are on it. And you just experience it. You know, like if I could tell a comedian to become a professional go and and work as many places you do know, do what i did do two three open mics every single night and and die for about a, a year straight and see how that feels and if you still love it then you'll figure it out you know there's no shortcut die and still love it i love yeah. that
0: that's what i want to end die <laughs> and love it yeah <laughs> those that, are that, that, that's poetic words oh yeah. well thank you very much robbie this has been Name great my
1: next book so. Yeah,
0: there you go, and thank you for letting us use your your dining room and stuff. And uh, I really appreciate you. Yeah, man.
1: no, I appreciate it. And until uh, next time.
0: All right, thank you. Thank you guys for listening. And until next time, goodbye. <laughs>